Welcome to the Philly Philly Podcast, presented by CEVSports.com. Streaming live on Twitch TV and StreamYard.com. Sponsored by The Monkey's Uncle. We bring you a fun new twist on Philadelphia sports and more. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Now here's your host, Eric Perugini, Chris Lahiff, and Pat Hausman. I am going to lead off with, I don't know if Pat is a get, is a fan, but I am going to lead off with the return of CM Punk. Like, you know, I, I, it's it's huge. Like, it's huge in sports, the sports world, whether you're a fan or not. Like, it's just, you know, how great this guy was and the fact that he sold out a show on the rumor, the rumor that he was coming back. Not that he was coming back. But there was a rumor. It was more or less it was going to happen. But it was a rumor, and it was everybody geeked out. You know, if you were if you watched wrestling, you know, in the early two thousands, like two thousand six to two thousand like fourteen, if you watched wrestling, CM Punk was on there. You liked CM Punk at one at one point during his you know career as a as a wrestler in WWF or WWE. I'm sorry. You know, you liked his straight edge society. You liked when he was leader to Nexus. Or you, or you, you liked his play, Bob. Like there, you, somebody always, you always liked CM Punk or something. So, you know, I always, you know, like I've been saying the last couple of days, my wife went, "Wow!" <laughs> like, like, and she's not a wrestling fan. She's not. You know, she watches it occasionally, but when she responds, you know, or anybody or any female at that point who's not a wrestling fan. It's a big deal. You know, I thought it was great for TV. I thought it was great for fans. You know, I thought it was great for him. He looks really healthy. He doesn't have to do with that UFC stuff anymore, getting smacked around in the head. You know, he, he, could, he can go at his own pace. And, you know, here we are. You know, we're, yeah, 2021, we're talking about the return of the AEW, not WWE. So what do you got about that, Pat? Or, uh, Eric, and then if you have anything to add, Pat. Well, I mean, it was huge. It, it was it was seven years since he was last in a wrestling ring when he uh, unceremoniously exited WWE. Uh, there was a lot of internal heat going on between him and Triple H and, and, and Vince McMahon. And he got his little shots in when he came out for AEW. And it was... It, it was just it was just awesome. I mean, to to see him come back, and I I was really surprised that he still had cult of personality. He still had pretty much the same graphics because I know how WWE is, and pretty much when they sign you to contracts, they kind of like take your identity. So uh, I know that they had copyrighted cult of personality specifically for him, and. Just for him to come out to that and to get the pop that he got was absolutely amazing. It was something that I said only rivaled Brock Lesnar when he came back the night after WrestleMania and took out John Cena uh, a few years back. I mean, it was rumored, his music hit, and I at that point had never heard a crowd go go off like that until last night. It was it was awesome. And I mean we got a new meme with the, the CM Punk crying guy. You know, he's kinda gonna take over from the uh the Undertaker guy, the, the surprise face, the black guy with the big eyes going. So 
it was fun. And right away, he called out like one of the top top guys in AEW, in Darby Allen and Sting. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I I can't wait. I mean, I haven't really watched wrestling in years. Um, you know, I did I did tune in to the preview or the 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 replay of him coming back out. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't going to come back to WWE. Um, you know, he broke character and not, there was like the Chris had said, there was a lot of internal turmoil there, but I mean, from what I can tell from the fan reaction, I mean, wrestling hasn't been the same really since the attitude error. I mean, you would get guys like HBK that would come back after a hiatus with his back and the crowd be electric like that. Same thing when Stone Cold Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin came back after a long hiatus or the rock. You know, that's the thing with wrestling. Like, these guys, they disappear for a couple of years, and then they come back. It's exciting. They actually just recently went through with Edge. Everybody thought Edge's career was done with his neck problem. And same same kind of thing. When he came back, everybody went nuts. So, I mean, that's just part of the sport. That's what makes sports entertainment great. And, uh, you know, I guess it's good that he's back. I mean, he was not a good UFC fighter. And, uh, no. you know, he was he was very he's very good at what he did uh, in sports entertainment. So it's good. He's back doing what he loves and doing what he's good at and, you know, back entertaining his fans. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I can't wait for it to see him get back into the ring and it's going to be coming up soon. Uh, what, what I did like was, Chris, I think you were the one I think in a text message you posted, you, you sent a meme to us where it was like, you know, the reaction of CM Punk coming out compared to the very next night, Brock Lesnar making his return to WWE after the main event was over between John Cena and Roman Reigns. It was, you know, okay, it was it was great, you know, even though you knew John Cena, you knew CM Punk was coming out, but nobody knew about Brock Lesnar. That was like a huge secret in itself. But for, for a couple of weeks now, everyone knew CM Punk was coming back. And I have to admit... I was laying in bed, my fiance sleeping next to me, and I, I started to mark out. I geeked out and almost woke her up out of a damn sleep. So <laughs> it was it was funny. Her and the dog jumped up. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the meme you're talking about, it says, you know, Punk's return might have been bigger, but Lesnar's return was better because it was a kept secret. Yes. And the response was, he's out of line, but he's right. <laughs> That's yeah. like, so. You know, now, you know, so, you know, with Brock Lesnar coming back, we're going to have the custody of Paul Heyman match. Um, I can't wait for that match. <laughs> get the custody of Paul Heyman. But, you know, like, well, you, you, so, what was the pop that you said, Brock Lesnar? Yeah. A, a pop. Now, see, for me, you got, you, for me, it's got to be, I want to say it was Unforgiven when Stone Cold came back from the next surgery. When the Rock was fighting Triple H, and 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 Shane was the uh, was the special guest ref, you know, like Earl Hebner was fired and he came back with Linda McMahon, <laughs> and you know, like the pop on that, the that's loud, that that's it's really loud, like it's ridiculously loud, and you know, and you know, the Guinness Book of World Records is actually looking in to see the 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 largest pop in American history. For it when it comes to a wrestler. But think about that. CM Punk comes back and now they're looking at, you know, what was louder, you know, Lesnar or CM Punk, which is his team. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to be able to tell because there was no one there. You know what I mean? But you know, the fact that that isn't a topic of conversation, 
shows you how big the return of CM Punk was. Yeah, it was. So, it, it was. It was huge. It was. It was huge, and it was. And we know it. We yeah. know it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's what makes it even better is we know it. Yeah. That. That. No, you're right. Like. Like you knew it. You still saw. You heard his music. You saw the graphics, and you still had to see him. You know, it's like you had to see him come out, and as soon as his it says CM Punk and. The song starts to go like with the, the lyrics, and you see him come walking out. I was like, okay, I, I I literally I was laying in bed and I was like, it's clobbering time. I was like, I was like, my man's back. I was like, that's good stuff. And I liked how he did his whole shtick. He was like, you know what? He he did the the gratuitous uh, um, uh, sale of the merch when he sat there. He's like, okay, you know, it's getting hot in here, and he takes the, the jacket off and he's got the same right. punk shirt on, and then he's like. Let me tell you a story. And he sits down in the middle of the ring for the pipe bomb. I was like, yep. perfect. I was like, perfect. So he, he played into everything. He he did he did great. Looks like he didn't miss a beat on the mic. So I, I I'm excited. I'm excited. And it totally makes AEW more relevant than WWE. Because now you also have Daniel Bryan's gonna be going there. And it's a very, very good possibility Bray Wyatt goes there. Yeah, but he can't go there for three months. He's got a ninety days non complete call, uh, no compete well, clause. It don't matter. He's still gonna get there. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. He's still gonna get there. And I think between Punk and Wyatt, it's it's really gonna it, it's gonna take off. It's really gonna take off. I, I know a buddy of mine. His daughter just spent seven hundred dollars on two tickets for AEW on f- floor seats. So she could be in Philly when they come here so she could see CM Punk. That's insane. Yeah, and I mean you're talking like the, it's a couple nights after he debuts. So yeah. <coughs> so but all right, I guess move on to uh the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Let's let's, let's move on. I'll let you you guys can start out, you know. You can, yeah, you I, can, I literally just got done talking fifty nine minutes. Worth well, we were actually. You know what? I want to dive in. No, we'll get we'll get back to Phillies. Can we go? What is going on with letting people back in stadiums and the fights that are happening? Oh, like, that's that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, like, did you we, see that fight in Pittsburgh? Like that dude did not want to hit that girl. He, he, he no, and then he stopped and he and he, and he knocked the boyfriend out. That dude was going to bed. He he took a night. He he went night night. He he got a GTS like a CM bug move, and then the that, girl kept hitting him. And then like, like at one point, as a man, like I get, it. I'm totally against hitting women. Like, you know, don't you never hit a woman. But at what point, like how much do you want to like how much do you want to poke the bear? Oh yeah, like, like walk away. Your yeah. your boyfriend or husband is now sleeping in his seat, and oh, not yeah. because he's drunk, it's because. You're now, you're now famous on the internet because you got knocked out because your wife or girlfriend couldn't keep their mouth shut. And then they tried to arrest them, and the other girl's like, no, 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 no. That girl started it. She did it. Yeah. She, she, well, she, she, she provoked it. Well, and here's the thing, and this is, this is why the boyfriend got knocked out. I think for most guys, you know, when you're in public like that, you're in a stadium, and you're not intoxicated, you're because you're a man, you've navigated the roots of what you can say socially and what you can't say socially. Because what you say socially, if it's not acceptable or if it's aggressive, 
chances are you're probably going to be fighting. And so there's always that guise of, you know, what you could say could potentially lead to violence. Women have no understanding of that because, you know, they can pretty much say stuff like that. And that's not going to ever be the response. But what ends up happening is they say stuff like that and then ends up turning around and affecting their boyfriend or whoever, whatever guy's with them, their father. And that's that guy ended up getting, he had nothing, he didn't look like he said anything, but he ended up getting knocked out by this guy because she kept running her mouth. And like you said, they, it, it, at some point too, and, and you're starting to see more and more of these videos where it seems like it's coming back on them as well. And I, I think from a social aspect, I think kind of women need to chill with that. Like you got to understand like what you say nowadays could lead to this happening more and more frequently. You got to be very cautious and careful about the things that you say in public. It just can. Um, people are on edge and, you know, there's, there's a certain level of violence that if you push a person to the situation is going to be very dangerous. And, you know, I've always been somebody that believes cooler heads prevail. You gotta, you gotta be very poignant, very, um, you know, very, very careful about the things you say, or there's going to be consequences to that. I feel like a lot of people, specifically women in general, don't really have an understanding of that. And I think that they kind of need to start learning this. I think this is a good example. And, you know, I think that they should watch this video and see exactly why I'm saying this and why they need to be more cautious about the things they say. That's just me. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, she was, she was a hundred percent in the wrong. I mean, Whatever was going on, you could tell that that dude was just like, look, lady, you know, get out of my face. Don't do this. And then she slaps him. Right. Oh, that, that, well, the video before. And she the, thought the, slapping him was going to stop. And that was, she was going to be walking away from that. Like, there was, like nothing happened. Like, that, that, like, that's a totally irrational way of thinking. You're throwing right. gasoline and, on a fire. That, the, the things don't work that way. And that's what I mean. They have no understanding of the level of violence that can ensue from a situation like this. I mean, look at what happened again. We're going to go like I literally just talked about this. Um, the Chargers and Rams game. That lady threw a cup of soda, soda. in the thing. And that dude beat up a row. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, he did the flare like, top across a whole row. It was like right. three stooges. He just kind of mowed them all the way down. <laughs> right. As you know, TK and Rise was in on the last podcast. TK and Rise's comment. He hit section 201 and 301. So, yeah. like, like, that's like. Like when what, what is it gonna take? Like I don't get it. Like there's no reason to be fight. Like if you want to be mad that they're charging eighteen dollar beers, stop buying eighteen dollar beers. Exactly. That, that's like how much alcohol are you drinking that these beers are so much money, and then you're gonna go in and you're gonna buy another eighteen dollar beer. And I listen. And I'm more mad that that lady wastes a thirteen dollar bottle or a thirteen dollar thing of soda. I'm like what are you doing? La Terrane Watches represents the spirit of taking risks, making sacrifices, doing what is right, not what is easy, and hard work. Check out all their different highly made handcrafted watches and accessories from bags, watch bands, and straps to bracelets and sunglasses. Their watches can't be bested, like the Compass, the Legacy 2, the Navigator, their Voyager 1893 collection, and the latest, hottest release, the Atlas. Free shipping on all orders over $50 and hassle-free returns in 30 days on postage-paid returns. Go to LaTerrain.com and use code CEV for site-wide discounts. That's LaTerrain.com. $13. Yeah, I, I want it back. 
Well, like Pat said, it, it, more of these videos are coming out, and we're seeing that women are instigating this stuff. And in most cases, their mouths are running a check that their boyfriends can't cash. You know right. what I mean? It's it's sooner or later. And and I look, I don't agree with hitting women either. But when that dude called off and hit her in that video in Pittsburgh, I kind of thought to myself, you know what? She deserves it. You know, like she's she's a hundred percent instigating this whole thing, and she she assaulted him. You know, right? And, I mean, now I've always I was always told you don't hit a woman <laughs> unless they hit you with a closed fist like a man, and I still never did it. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I kind of agree I with just, Pat. It built and built and built for that guy, and it just snapped. I, we live. Just, we live in an organized society. Nobody should be putting their hands on anybody. Nope, and in a situation like in a situation like that. You shouldn't even be exchanging words. Somebody's got to be the bigger person. They got to walk away. And like I said, growing up as a guy, you know that if there's a there's a dicey situation like that, and you keep talking, you're going to have to fight. It's the way it is. And like I said, I feel like a lot of women don't understand that. They feel like that they're just going to go walk over, slap this dude, and it's going to be like in like a show where he just stands there like a stooge with a, with a dumb look on his face. That ain't the way it works. See, That's I think reality. So See, like, I think they understand. I think I they just don't care. I don't think that they have the first concept of the level of violence that, that goes on when, when, when situations like this arise. It might be the first or second time they've ever been in a situation like this. I don't think that they really understand it. I, do, I think, And a lot of it is culturally. I don't think they were raised to really understand it. But it's there. And, like, you need to be smart. Like, you can't be, like I said, throwing gasoline on the fire there. She got – and that dude, like, the way his neck snapped back after he got punched in the face, like, he could have been hurt. He could have been put in a coma. He could have been dead all because she was shooting her mouth off. And, like, she got the guy knocked out because, because he was there with her. You know? And, like I said, you got to be aware of the situation. When you're in public like that, things can turn on a dime. And somebody could end up dead. And, like, that's – you got to understand the, the, the violent tendencies of people. And that's just the way it is. And, and there's just no concept for it. And you're going to see more and more of these – you're going to see more and more of these things happening because it seems like everybody wants to be the loudest person in the room or get the last word in. And at the end of the day, okay, you got the last word in. Your dude was picking up his teeth, and you got knocked out on camera. You probably went and spent the night in jail. But you got the last word in, so that's good for you. Like people are just stupid. Like it's got to. Something's got to change. Something's got to change with it. It's just. It's disgusting. And it's, like you said, we're just going to keep seeing more and more of it. I don't think COVID helped because people were in their house all cooped up for how long okay, and not socializing. I've I've never gone to a sporting event and gotten so angry to want to fight anyone because you're, you're not an idiot. You're not an idiot, but there's plenty of idiots out there. Yeah, I, I just never... I understand the reason for fighting. Like it's 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 entertainment. It's it's a game. Like, do you think Randall Cunningham cared that you know the seven hundred level fought every Sunday? No, he was nowhere near it. So I, I don't. There's no. There's no reason to be fighting over this. Well, that's what. And so then like, lose. Did you guys watch? And, and, and now, not only are you going to lose, your face is going to be blasted all over the all over the internet. That you're the guy who went night night because your girlfriend wouldn't shut her mouth up. Well, here's the other thing too. You're gonna be labeled and, as, and I hate to say it, you're gonna be labeled as a bitch, even though you didn't see it coming, and your face got knocked off like 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 a cartoon, like a Daffy Duck, like when Daffy Duck used to get smacked in the face, and his, and face his bill went around. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what happens, and now it's on the internet, and you are now, unfortunately, famous. You, well, you got someone the, in the background yelling, "World star." 
Did you hear? Did you guys watch the documentary of the um, Mouse at the Palace? No, I wanna. I wanna watch it. I heard it was really good. So they, they talked about that. I think it was Jermaine O'Neal mentioned that he said, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that we were actually friends with the Pistons off the court. Because most of the guys are, you know, they, they might have the same agent. They, they mingle at certain things. They attend certain events. They end up becoming friends. And between the lines, yeah, they don't like each other. But, you know, outside of it, a lot of them are probably cool. And a lot of the guys on the court that night were cool. So when, when beef started happening, the fans thought, oh, well, we're going to get our guys back. And that's when they started throwing stuff. When really, it was two. It was it was a bunch of friends that were together. That a bad situation happened. It kind of could have de-escalated really fast had the fans just stayed out of it. The fans thought, "Well, we're going to get our guys back." Well, it turns out the Pistons guys were the guys that they were getting ready to fight. It was just a group of friends getting ready to fight at that point. Normally, you see that at a bar, you stay the hell out of it. But because the fans had, think that they have something, you know, of interest here. Hey, I'm gonna go throw a cup now and throw basically gasoline onto a fire. And it's stupid. Again, it's, it's people making stupid decisions. And I tell my own kids every day, like whenever I whenever I yell, and people always say, Oh, well, you know, you always say the same thing over and over. Uh, yeah, I do, because I want them to know when they're when I'm not around that I'm I'm in the back of their mind they, saying to them constantly, make good decisions, make good decisions, make good decisions. Because you see it so often where you have adults in public places like this not making good decisions so if you say it enough to somebody i hope that one day i'm going to be that voice inside my kid's head saying you know what make a good decision here make a good decision because like again like what i'm seeing daily is grown-ass people not making good decisions and it leads to crap like malice in the palace or this guy losing his teeth in pittsburgh it's not worth right it. and right and it comes back to acting like an adult like i had a situation this year in sports where i i i i i I almost lost my cool, but because there were kids around and because, you know, there were other incidences going on, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to be the better man. I'm not going to lose because like what was going through my mind was an open hand slap across the face, but it would have been in front of kids. It was like, it was just, I had to walk away. Like it was, you know, I didn't want to embarrass my kids. I didn't want to embarrass myself. I didn't want to embarrass, you know, the organization that we were with. You know, it, it was better. It was I took the high road and walked away. Like he, and there's like again, there's people, amazingly as I'm as, as I'm about to say this, who aren't as mature as me when it comes to making good decisions. Like, like again, true. I've never been, I've never been so angry that I wanted to fight anybody. And I went to I went to, me and my wife. We went to the New England Stadium, you know, four years ago. To go watch a Kenny Chesney concert, and I walked around that. I know it's a different venue because it's not Patriots fans. I walked about that. I walked all around New England, all around Boston with a Carson Wentz jersey on, and I got heckled. And you know what? I knew I was going to get heckled because it's it's what fans do. You can't get mad when if you're a Cowboys fan, and you know you walk into the Eagles Stadium wearing you know a Michael Irvin jersey or a Des Bryant jersey. You have to expect someone's going to say something. You right. can't get mad. You can't get mad when they do. Like you, if you're dumb enough to wear another team's jersey, you have to take the beating. Like you have to take the verbal abuse. You know, there's a line for verbal abuse, but like I've never, like again, I, it's never come to that point where it's like, all right, yeah, I'm wearing my favorite player's jersey. Heckle me all you want. I deserve it, and I've said that. You know, this is it is what it is at this point. But the problem, but get, the problem with that get, is like, and, 
Heckling's fine. Heckling's fine. Exactly. But what, what ends up leading to it is, is it starts to snowball. It starts to ask people heckling, heckling, heckling. And then what ends up happening is you, you, you get this mob mentality. And then somebody thinks, oh, I'm just going to throw a soda on this guy. Or I'm going to put a lit cigarette out on him. Or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And then you think, well, I can do this because i got 60,000 of my best friends here with me. So people are very emboldened by it. And right, and I'll be the first one to call that guy an asshole. Right, right. But like I said, there's less of you than there are the other. The other people, there are plenty of people at these stadiums think that this is just a hoot and it's hilarious and they're going to pull their phones out and watch. You know, and that's that's the unfortunate thing with it. You know, that's why, you know, I'm not an Eagles fan, but I still won't take my kid to a game down there. You know, there's certain <laughs> teams in the city where I don't feel like it's, it's a kid-friendly environment. It's just not. Um, and, I, I don't Honestly, I I think you would be okay with the Patriots. I know you there, there's bad blood there, but it, it's not. You know, he is a Patriots fan. I assume, right? Not really. I I am. He's he kind of just floats back and forth. But oh, okay. not even so much the Patriots. If we just went and watched the game with like the Giants there, and we weren't wearing jerseys, we were just sitting there watching. Like still, like They're them clashing with Giants, the Giants fans. They're bad. Well, yeah, but them clash, cl- clashing with them, like even like a Phillies Mets game. With the fans clashing, like there's certain games where, like, I'm like, you know what, we gotta stay away from this team when they come to town. We gotta stay away from that team, and it really shouldn't be that way. You know, growing up, that's one of the reasons why I think I'm not an Eagles fan. My dad took me to all kinds of games growing up. I went to Flyers games, I went to Sixers games, I went to Phillies games. I said, Dad, why don't we ever go to an Eagles game? He goes, he goes, because it's a mess down there. He goes, he goes, it's a real shit show. He goes, I can't take you down there. He goes, you're not old enough to see what goes on down there. And that's that's a sports team in Philadelphia, you know. And, and, and he's a cop, so he knew. You know, it, it's just that 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 was that was always kind of a, a thing, and and that that you know there was bad behavior down there. A lot of times, you got looked the other way, and, and it just can't. And this, this day and age too, with cell phone cameras, I mean, Christ, you get caught, you know, fighting in the stands. You know, you get, you walk home with a bloody nose or a broken nose, and then tomorrow you're walking into work, and you know your your boss saw it, and you're getting fired. Stupid. Right. Stupid, right. you know, like yeah. I, I just don't get it. It's not really curbing the behavior again. It's just it's a cultural thing. Like people just they, you know, they, they think that they're entitled to say or do whatever they want, and then they, bad, bad stuff shouldn't happen to them. It's going to happen to you. You bought that kind of bad attention onto yourself, you know. That That's where yeah. I that's where I blame social media because everybody's yeah. a tough guy on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so it's you get used to talking to people and no, no repercussions about it. Yep. Right. Right. And, and you know what? You, you're exactly right because I'm going to use a quick example. Then we'll, we'll head over to the, we'll head over to Philly's talk. You know, me and my wife went to a Kenny Chesney concert um, on Wildwood years ago. It, it had to be you know, like 2010. It was, and you know, and the beach was because they just had the, the Barefoot Country Music Festival in Wildwood for four days, and it was insane down there. But, you know, they had this on the beach and it was for exclusive American Express members. And, you know, this guy was just pushing through it and there was literally nowhere to go. Like he's pushing through and people were like, yo, you need to relax. Like you you could like we'll move out of the way, but take a chill. Let me and he's turn around. He's like, eh, 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 I'll fight every one of you. And I turn around. I'm like, you're going to fight the entire beach. There's 30,000 people here. I don't think you're going to win. And he's like, you're a funny guy. Like, no, like you just turned around and said, you're going to fight the entire beach. Like, are you the guy who goes on social media that says, you're this, you're that, you're a clown, you know, uh, you know, this and that, this and that. And like, that's the kind of guys that are on social media who, who give, who say and do what they want, who like need a smack in the mouth. 
like Mike, like like as Mike Tyson said. Like, well, these people media existed gives- before social media too. Social media's made it worse, I think. But like when Charles Barkley got the drink thrown on him at the bar, remember everybody remembers that he threw the guy through the plate yep. glass window. He yeah. said, yeah, somebody said to him, well, Charles, you know, that guy was, he was only five foot six. Why'd, why'd you throw him through there? He goes, yeah, well, he knew he was five foot six when he threw the drink. He should have never thrown the drink at me. He wasn't going to grow, he wasn't going to grow a foot after he threw the drink. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. Like, you knew, like, uh, he probably just thought, hey, you know what? He's a, ri- he's a rich guy. He's a big guy. I'm a small guy. He's not going to do anything to me. He threw the drink on him. Well, guess what, man? You learn, you learn not it's to be disrespecting like that again. Yeah. Yeah, he told you that. He told you that you, you know you're gonna learn today, and you ain't gonna disrespect like that again. I guarantee you that guy probably never threw a drink with anybody else again. Exactly. Like you took the words right out of my mouth. That yeah. dude was probably the most common, polite. Yes, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You know. You yeah. Know, this and that. I mean, like he made it's... him. A, he made him a neuter chihuahua at that point. That's what that guy needed. <laughs> you know. So, all right. Well, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad because we touched on that subject because, you know, with the fights going on in the stands, and I think it's ridiculous. Um, it, absolutely. You know, you, it, it, you, know, you don't want to take your kids to see that. Like I said, you know, you pay $300 to go see uh, a football game if you have two tickets and parking. You don't want to see a fight. Nope. And you definitely want to stay awake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, you can't even, before you even get in the stadium, it's, it's mayhem. You get guys, you know, you walk through the parking lot going into the stadium and some dude's between a car with his bird hanging out taking a whiz, you know? Like they said, people just got to learn how to act, you know? And it's, it's, uh, stuff's getting out of control. People really just kind of need to pump the brakes and we need to start fixing the culture a little bit and how we act in public and how we act around, you know, people. I think that, that needs to kind of come back. I think being on cell phones all the time doesn't really help because we're not really, you know, experiencing each other, it doesn't really help. But you know, I'm this, this now, comment. So. This comment. Right. He's a- absolutely right. I mean, preseason fights are nothing compared to 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 the regular season. I mean, I used to work at the link. I used to see this stuff all the time. Yeah, they're I, ramping up. Yeah, I mean, they're. I mean, this is the the preseason fights are the the people that can't afford to go to the regular season game and are just hyped up that they're at a football game. When, when you got the ones that have the season tickets and go week in and week out and Dallas or New York come to town, it's over. I used to work up in the Pepsi zone, which is no longer there, but they, they now made a whole whole section of it. I was there. It was just me and another usher. And there was guys at the very top, 30 rows up, Eagles fan, Dallas fan fighting. And I mean, if I – I would not be telling you the truth if this Dallas fan didn't get tossed four rows down. Like the, the Eagles fan, I don't know how he did it. There was no room to move, but he threw him, literally cleared the first three rows, and he landed on some old man. I, I shouldn't down. laugh. It just like you, it, when you just sit there and say that he just threw a human being four rows. He, like you should, you, you shouldn't laugh. Well, when you just think about it out loud, you're like, oh my god, he really threw this guy down through well, three rows of uh, fans. The thing was, the guy that threw him was no bigger than me, you know. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big dude, you know. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm two sixteen, but that that's that's not a lot, you know. And I mean, when he's I'm not only, going to Eagles games, he's doing judo, so that's it that was, was <laughs> insane. And the guy he threw, I mean, had to be at least like six two. I couldn't believe it. I watched this guy come hurling down at me, and I thought that guy's gonna die. It's- it, it it was Chuck Norris, wasn't it? It could have been. But you know what? I was actually more happy that he threw him down the seats 
because at the very top, if you go over, you're going down to the concourse. Yeah, and, yeah that's, not good. I, that's not good. And I thought, you're talking that's 30 rows up, however high that is foot-wise from the top of those bleachers down to the, to the concrete below. That's the first thing I thought of. Like, as soon as I saw that guy go flying, I was on the radio to, to, to security. Like, get these, get them all out. Like, they wound up taking out, like, six people total. It was just crazy. Monkey's Uncle is a retro, vintage-inspired t-shirt boutique that's more than just a store. It's family-owned and locally operated in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, since 2010. It's a unique experience all to itself that takes you down memory lane where I know you are sure to find something that will make you nostalgic for that back-in-the-day feeling. From babies to babes, dudes to dads, it's the most fun your closet will ever have. Visit them today at themonkeysuncle.net and check out their inventory of cool, hip, pop culture, vintage apparel from t-shirts to coffee mugs. They even have awesome masks to help keep you and others safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's themonkeysuncle.net or call at 267-247-5865. That's 267-247-5865. Don't forget themonkeysuncle.net. All right, so, so since we're talking about fighting, let's talk about the fighting fills for a couple minutes. <laughs> fighting fills? So obviously, you know, they had a, you know, they had a rough road trip. They got swept by the worst team in the baseball. Um, TK and Rises had texted me earlier and said this is a trap series, and it turned out to be a trap series getting swept, um, which was amazing. I, you, you got swept by an 81 loss team. I did not see that coming. You know, I would want I, I would want to know what the money line was on a sweep, because you know it, it had to be like a plus five thousand. Like that, they, they were one of the hottest teams coming into baseball. You know, all I just, know is. In the span of two Mondays, they, they dropped six games. In, in, in the, they, they went completely backwards, and it was just amazing. Hey, listen, I, they got the listen. The Braves got the they're playing the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Giants. The Phillies got the Rays and Arizona for a four game series. You know, it's you know, it, it right now these next six games for the Phillies are so important. They got to come out of this two games back. Plain and simple. There's, there's no other way to look at it. You know, if you can end up tied, that's fine. But, you know, you got, you know, they got three against the Yankees and then three against the Dodgers. You know, if they go two and four and you go four and two, that's a two-game swing. That's where you need to be at. You know, right. You, you don't worry about sweeping, you know, the uh, Arizona. Win three out of four. You know, yeah. when if you make sure you definitely split with Tampa, you know that that that's a four and two, and then you play the Nationals who stink. You know, you you win that series, win series. Don't worry, don't worry about sweeps. That's the you thing. Know. If you win series, you're going to be okay. You know, they they've lost. Let's see, one, two, three. They lost three out of the last four series. Yeah, after going the, the, on yeah. that game winning streak. It, correct. So then you got you got two up for the for the Diamondback or for the for two up for the uh, the Rays, best team in American League. Got to split that. Um, I got to think though too. Then you're on a four game stretch with with Arizona. You just lost to them three times. You should at least win three out of those four games. You have to. You know, percentages would tell you you got to win three out of those four games. No, um, yeah, you can't you can't split and you definitely can't lose. Three. No, 
No. Yeah, so they should definitely do that. I mean, the, the schedule, after, after the race, the schedule's pretty easy until you get Milwaukee. You know? Right. So th- this should be where they can make a run. Um, and they, they don't have a tough – they don't it's have what? a tough schedule the rest of the way. It's really two against it's two against the race, four against the uh, the Diamondbacks, then, and then three against the Nationals, and then three against and then Miami. The oh, then a three. Okay, three against Miami. Then you got the Brewers, and you got four against Colorado. Then you got three against the Cubs, three against the the Mets, three against Baltimore and Pittsburgh late in in, in uh, September. Which you know those teams suck too. Um, then you got and the Braves. Look at September 29th. Look yeah, at the September. Yep. September 28th and 29th and 30th. You got three games set with the Braves. That's where the divisions should come down to. This yeah. is where the Phillies need to make a run. You yep. know, it's, it's, you know, I think I, we had just talked about this on a Diamond Club. You know, you know, people are giving Joe Girardi a lot of flack for losing that game Saturday night. You know, I don't. That's a game I want Joe Girardi to say, no, this is your game to lose. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way. He tied, they, they tied the game. But you, you, if it comes down to defense, you know, if Brad Miller doesn't make that error in the eighth inning or seventh inning to ruin the perfect game that Noel was throwing, they don't score that run. Defense, right. is, at the end of the day, it's defense. So, like, and defense killed them that game, you know. And then, real, and then Reese Hoskins comes back, and all of a sudden – they know how to hit again. Know how to hit. Seven runs scored. Like four home runs, two by Reese Hoskins. And I, mean, I had wrote a, I had wrote a skating article in the beginning of the season about Reese Hoskins. You know, I'll have Eric repost it back up about what is wrong with Reese Hoskins. I right now I recant everything I have because we, we see how important he is. We see how change of four months with having Reese Hoskins in this lineup is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he's important to the team, and it, it showed it. So I'm I'm glad he's back, and I I'm still skeptical about what they're going to do towards like coming down the stretch. I I really am. It I just I'm just at the point with the Phillies where I I don't have confidence in them at all. I, I really don't. They, I mean, I know they were just like one of the hottest teams before they went on that slide, but. I really perfectly don't. mediocre. Yeah, yeah, they they are they are mediocre. That's exactly what they are. Like I'm not. If they make the right. playoffs, they make it. You know, they, but I'm they, not expecting. Right. No, they they make the playoffs. They get that taste, just like 07. Right. Get those young guys. Get those young guys to taste. Yeah. You know, and make them hunger. If anyone here thinks the team is making the playoffs and making a run, listen, I'm gonna root for it, but I'm also realist. They're right. just not good enough. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you got to give them a taste. You know, JT Romuto has never tasted playoff baseball. Reese Hoskins never tasted. Unfortunately, the guy who plays center field never tasted it. Um, I don't even know if Andrew McCutcheon, if he was, was he on the Yankees when they made the playoffs? Was he? He was, was on he the Pirates on? when they made it. He was on the Pirates. Oh, that's right. that's right. When they lost that game, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But like, like yeah. you know, like. like the young guys need to make need this taste. You know, the real Mutos, the Zach Wheelers, Aaron Knowles, you know, like Ian Kennedy. Like, like there's a lot of potential for 2022 if they can be successful in 2021. That's, right. You know, and I don't want to hear, well, I don't want to, I don't want them to make the playoffs 
because they're just going to lose. Well, then you're just stupid. Like, like, does people forget how fun October baseball was is, regardless of where it is? Well, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's really fun. I, I want them to make the playoffs because, frankly, I don't, I don't know when they're going to get back. Right. I mean, they're having, they're having a really hard time with, you know, the Braves are five games up right now, and the Braves are playing with out their best guy. They're playing without Ronald Acuna. So when you're playing without your best guy and you're still kind of running away with the division here, it's a problem. And like I said, I, this is, they're kind of right for the picking here. They are five games up. They got a really hard schedule coming out of here. The Braves have a really hard schedule from here on out. The Phillies have a very easy schedule, and we have a three-game set with them. So it's not – their five-game lead is not something that they can't overcome at this point. And, and all they have to do is get hot when they get into the playoffs, and they can, they can maybe win a series, and then it's exciting. But, like, looking forward to the future, I, I don't know if they're going to have another opportunity like this in the near future to get back to the playoffs. And we went how long after the 93 World Series where they didn't make anything? You know, 2007. So we went 14 or 15 years. I don't, I don't want to go back to that. I mean, we're kind of already living in the middle of this now. I mean, it was, what, 2011? It's been about 10 years since we made our last playoff run. So, uh, you know, it's, it's getting to that point where we're going to be back in the 15, 16 years if we don't do it this year. And I don't want to see that happen again. No, nah, right. I, I, I totally agree. I do. I totally agree. It's like, like Chris was saying earlier. I think, I mean, even though I don't have like a tremendous amount of confidence in this team, I mean, because they just scare me. It, it's like a Philadelphia thing. They just scare you. And we, we know that they're playing mediocre ball. They got hot at a good time. And then that trap series came up. Um, but I do. I, I'm just. I'm just not confident in them. If they make the playoffs, great. I will I will root for them. But I'm looking at them. It would be, like Chris said, the 07 team before what we saw in 08. I mean, I can't – obviously, they're not – that's not going to ha- – that most likely will not happen this time around. But I'd like, I'd like to see them – go ahead, Chris. Why do, we, why do we sound like Mets fans, Keith? I'm confused. I, I was too busy yelling at my kids in the background. I muted, so I must have missed the conversation. Why do we sound like Mets fans? I, maybe he'll uh, he'll time back on. Maybe he'll come back on. Be going with that comment. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I. I mean, I would like to see them make it just to you know, like, like Chris said, get them the taste. Maybe maybe it kicks kicks them in the ass for the following season. You know, you, you never know. It, it, all it takes is that one thing. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see. Now, wait, did, did they send Jankowski back down? Is he still with the team? Uh, Travis Jankowski? The, the last send down I saw was boom. Okay, so Jankowski's still, on, he's still up there. Because I, I heard something very interesting about him today that I did not realize. You know, like, one, I did not realize that he was a first-round pick of the Padres. Like, he was taking... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did not realize that. And the... <laughs> In 2016, he had 30 stolen bases for the Padres. Like he had, nice. he had 335 at bats with 100 strikeouts. But <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, how about that? Like 30 stolen bases. I said, that's that's okay. He played 131 games that year for them. 
like what what did San Diego do in 2016? Was that was that the year that they like just pawned everybody off? I mean, I can't see uh, how he got that many games and at bats. I think that was well, the year I mean, that they did pawn everybody off to make a run at Hosmer and and Machado, wasn't it? I believe so. I believe you're right. But yeah, I I was just I heard that today and I was like, no, that can't be right. And so while you guys were just talking, I looked it up real fast and like that son of a bitch, it was. Like I didn't realize that he was a former first round pick. Yeah, yeah I gotta well, check when the contracts were. Yeah, they had uh <laughs> their starters were Derek Norris, Will Myers, Ryan Schimpf, Alexi Ramirez, Yangervis Terlerte, BJ Upton, Travis Janikowski, and Matt Kemp. BJ hey, Upton. Yeah, Janikowski had 30 stolen bases. Upton had 20. Will Myers had 28. Wow, Will Myers had 28 stolen bases. They were really bad. They were 68-94. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I heard that. They shed, they shed the salary in 2016 and 2017. Then 2018, they made their run at uh, Machado and uh, Eric, Hosmer. Eric Hosmer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, that makes sense. Because okay, I was wondering. I said, there, why was why did he get that many at-bats? Why was yep. he in that many games? Yep. Although, although it made me laugh. I was like, three hundred over 300 at-bats with, with 100 strikeouts. I said, oh, my goodness. Sounds about right. He batted 245. That sounds about right. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, but you know what? That's like as crazy as it sounds. That's just the, that's just the new normal baseball, striking out and batting two forty. Like there's no yeah, but that's acceptable re- for guys that are hitting home runs though. Not like a, yeah. a guy, a speed guy like him. Like you want him hitting close to three hundred, not two forty five. Yeah, his hit. I mean, he's the, he's the, he batted seventh. What, what did you want on the dough? Like it's there's a reason he batted seventh because he's batting two forty five. Like. Guys like, oh, well, they drafted him in the first like, round. They didn't want him bat in seventh. They drafted him to be able to bat first or second eventually with that team. And it didn't pan out with his speed. Uh, I mean, he was yeah, top I mean, of the lineup. He was top of the lineup guy. That's what they had him envisioned as. It just didn't pan out that way. Yeah, it didn't pan out. Well, I mean, he, he got hurt in 2017. So then, you know, he was he only played in 100, 117 games in 2018. And then he got hurt again in 2019. So it's, you know, he's, it's looking like he's injury prone. So like, I like it's it sucks, you know. But I wish this guy would steal more bases for the Phillies. When they've had him in, when they've had him on the field in, in key situations late in games, it doesn't seem like he knows how to run the bases anymore. Well, hold on. Listen, I am the first one that when he got tug out at a catcher in a rundown when he didn't take the gear off. I was like, please get this guy from Point Break off my team back <laughs> to Orange County. I don't want him on my team. And, you know, he went on a little stretch where he was batting 300. Like, he had, you know, he, he was going on. He was batting. And now he's, you know, came back to reality. Just like, you know, the Brad Millers, the Terrariuses of the world, you know. Like, these guys aren't, they're not starting Major League Baseball players. They're good reserve players. That's it. That's all they are. Like, they're good to come in. Here and there, they're not starters in Major League Baseball, unfortunately. You know, you, people can argue it all they want, um, but so so he was drafted in the first round. He was the forty fourth pick in the first round. How is that possible? <laughs> uh, don't know. Don't know. I mean, Placido Pol- Polanco was. An established 
like he was established hitter, so I never said he should. He was he was never a starter. Freddie Galvis, when he's not committing or when he's not doing steroids, is a decent <coughs> fielder. So I've never said anything. You know, it's J.P. Crawford who drove me bananas on this team. Never anything about Freddie Galvis, and he's gone. Yeah, I wonder what happened there. So, um, so I, I don't. I listen. I always liked Placido Polanco and his big. <coughs> Big old head, big old head, you know. But you know, Freddie Galvis, Freddie Galvis, he does Freddie Galvis things. Will always be a good fielder. You know, he's a good veteran to have on his team. You know, when he comes back from injury, the, the team's going to be placed so much better. Just defensively, I don't know what his back is going to be. I don't. We don't know what right. his back's going to be, but we know defensively what we're going to get from him. With Alec right. Boom over there, and with Didi Gregorius, you, you were rolling the dice. So, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, so you, the big series are coming up, you know, you know, so, you know, he's back. He is back. And oh. hold on. Let's try I this again. Oh, hold look, on. You, oh, I, you're doing it. Okay. Uh, are you doing it? My hands hold are up on, here. Man. You do it. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. What the hell happened. Also, I was just saying, that segue when we both have control. <laughs> so that will segue into our next five minute conversation. Wait a minute, he froze in other areas. So, you know, Pat's back, as is the Ben Simmons shooting videos. Oh, <laughs> Who's excited for the Ben Simmons shooting videos? I can't wait for season five, which Jesus will be out next week. Right. <laughs> oh, they're splayed out like this. Shooting like five or six of them go in a row, and everybody, oh, we shouldn't trade him. And then he comes back out there and he, he has a wide open 12 footer and he won't shoot. Like, dude, you're gone, it's done. Like, stop talking about it. The people that love him, like, they want to try to say, like, oh, he's redeemed himself. No, dude's a head case. Goodbye, get rid of him. Like, I'm so over this dude. I hate, I hate him at this point. I hate Ben Simmons so much. I'd rather have a third-string quarterback by the name of Nick Foles on the Eagles. Yeah, like I just, I just listen, Nick Foles. Like, listen, Nick Foles was a good was a good point guard at college, so maybe he can play. Next time I see you, I'm gonna slap your dirty face. There's just nothing to <laughs> like about Ben Simmons at this point. He's just like, he's like just in the, the the entitled brat who. Oh, it's okay. You don't have to shoot the ball to be a good player, Ben. You don't need to do that. I'm just so tired of the coddling and like, and, it... and the insecurity. Like, dude, you're a professional athlete. You were a number one pick. You went out with, with Kendall Jenner as like a supermodel. Like, why are you so insecure? Shoot the basketball. Like, stop being a coward. Like, and, and just there's nobody in his ear telling him that. I, just, I don't get it. I just can't stand the guy at this point. Like, I need him off my team. Maybe she like, worked tomorrow. all the basketball life out of him. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, those women so, do seem like they just suck the life out of the men they're with. I mean, look at look at Lamar Odom. I mean, he, you know, that dude chose an overdose over Chloe. So, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, I went there. So, uh, with that, we're gonna go into our last segment. Um, apparently, Pat was at the game on whatever night it was Thursday night, thirty-five to nothing, and you know, I didn't take anything back from it other than the team still not needs still team team still needs to find an identity. You know, the fact that Jalen Hurts didn't play because he heard him he heard his tummy dancing 
aggravates me a little. You know, it's I'm I'm already not a fan of him because I don't have faith in him. Like this just didn't help it anymore. Um, the the I'm only not, thing I'm not, I'm not worried about losing 35 nothing to the Patriots. We always know what the Patriots do in preseason. They run this floor up. They don't take their starters out. And that's why Bill Belichick has been successful for 21 seasons with the Patriots because he keeps the starters and he's like, go, go slap this team around because if we have to play them in the Super Bowl, we need to know their tendencies. That, that, and that's why Bill Belichick has been successful and will always be the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, I, I know Pat isn't going to agree, doesn't disagree with me on that. I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm really starting to get annoyed with with this whole Jalen Hurts stuff because I want him to succeed. I really want him to succeed. He's the quarterback of my team. Well, the team that I follow. I don't I don't hold any stake in them other than my fandom. But I'm really tired of all his highlights being dance off videos. I mean, they are just as annoying as Ben Simmons shooting the <coughs> basketball videos. Like, dude, go out there, show us that you you've learned something or you've improved your game, you know, from a one and three record from last year when you got in there. Like, I'm I'm tired of it. He's dancing around during pre-snaps, and then and then he's in the hospital for a stomach infection. Like, come on, en- enough is enough. What are we going to – are they really trying to show us that they're not expecting anything for this season and they're going to – and they're giving the, the Hurts people an excuse to say, well, he didn't really play that much in the preseason. Wait a sec. Whoa. Well, come on. Stop it. I mean, stop it. So, I don't know. But I don't know. What, what do you got to say, Pat? I, I'm disgusted already. Well, so I was actually – I was down there. I was actually standing right behind the, the goalpost. Um, just so happened to be where, you know, the Patriots were stretching where they were at. Um, I was taken back by just how large of human beings these people are, <laughs> you know? Um, and not only are they, are they large, I mean, there's guys that were, you know, six foot seven, they're warming up and they're, their leg, they're, they're stretching their leg up over top of their head. So it's, it's the way they move. It's the quickness. It's the height. It's the, it's the girth. I mean, it was kind of an impressive display. I mean, James White ran by me, and people remember James White from Super Bowl 51. He was a big part of the comeback against the uh, the Falcons. I mean, calf muscles that are this big. I mean, he's a he had three touchdowns, yeah, and a two point conversion. Um, you know, calf muscles that were bigger than my thighs. You know, it's just it, it's a very when you see these people up close, it's very impressive to see you know that they're that big and they're that athletic. So I wanted to kind of get that out of the way first. Second thing. Um, the whole Jalen Hurts thing, you know, dancing before the game, he wasn't sick. Like, don't no. don't insult the fans by saying he was sick. You know, he's dancing before the game, he's not sick. Instead, now the fans who, and this is the second, you only get two preseason games. Before it used to be, you know, they play a little bit in the first game, they play a lot in the second game, a lot in the third, fourth game, they don't play anybody, play the cut guys. Now you got a quarterback who barely played in the first, didn't play at all in the second, and isn't going to play at all in the third. So, like, what in game action has he gotten? You know, the Joe Flacco started, you know, when I used to, I remember a couple of years ago when the, when they, he was a Raven, you know, the Patriots were, you know, rivals with them. I used to always write, you know, my, about my friends, about how much I hate Joe Flacco. And every time I would type it up in a, in a text message, it would switch it from Flacco to flaccid. You know, that's, that pretty much sums up <laughs> Joe Flacco's career. You know, it's never been impressive. It's been flaccid, you know? So this is what we got. And, you know, he got sacked, he got beat up. Maybe they knew that was going to happen. They didn't want to subject hurts to it. I don't know, but, for 
the other thing is too, Chris, the, the Pats, their their MO really isn't. They don't they don't play their starters all that much. You know, they played them a decent amount in the first half, like they probably should have this game, but they don't play them that much. You know, it, it was it was the well, depth. they you play them saw the difference. You guys saw well, the difference I'm saying, depth with that. Well, I'm saying that they play their starters more than most teams. You know, yeah, like, about, yeah, he, I mean, he's got a history of doing it. Like, like how most people pulled after a couple series, he's like, "Now nah, go out there and play," and I, I yeah. respect it. Like, I have no problem with it. And you know, and they actually have a lot of depth, especially in defense this year. And it's running back position; they have a lot of depth too. So, like, it did kind of. I, and I supposedly, think Mac Jones looked good. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The, the funny thing is, and, and everybody knows because I've been doing the show now since the draft. I was not a Mac Jones guy. I was really concerned about his velocity. He made a couple really nice throws the other night where they were fastballs, and I think he had that. So it's it's kind of something that I saw. I'm like, all right, well, that kind of puts my mind at ease with certain things. But, um, you know, I, the pe- people were a little restless down there. You know, it doesn't seem like that they're too keen on the new coach. He's got he's got a lot to do this year, I think, try to win people over. And I don't think he kind of understands that just yet, but, you know, We'll see. You know, Lane Johnson was out on the field before the game. I don't know if you saw him. He was in overalls, you know, walking the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was He was dressed in overalls was, with, like, that, nothing underneath him. No, that was Landon Dickerson. No, that was Landon Dickerson. Is that who it was? Yeah, I thought it was, was Lane Johnson. Dickerson. No, it, they're right. really they're really big human beings. <laughs> no, yeah. he, and he actually left before his wife. His wife was, like, taking a nap. It was, like, a joke. And he left so that she could she can tell him to uh, change because he looked like a fool. I mean, I love it. It is what it is. But see, I thought know. it was Lane Johnson. That's different. It's you know that I that, okay. Yeah, I just thought it was Lane as, as a starter as a captain. You really shouldn't be doing stuff like that. I thought that that was him. I'm no, you should. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it, why I, that's all I really had to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't see. I don't have a problem with what Sirianni's doing because I mean he he's new. He's going to get a pass on the first year. He's he's got to find himself as a head coach. I mean, it, it's not unheard of that these guys are, you know, they're, they're questionable stuff their first year. So, I'm not at all like really worried about it, him or or the rest of the staff. What you got, Chris? Um, no, I, I'm with you. Like, listen, we got all sucked in with Chip Kelly. You know, a lot of people didn't like Doug Peterson when he got hired. And I still don't get it. Like, he was on a good team he, uh, because he didn't call his own plays. That's fine. Whatever. So Sirianni has been successful as a coordinator in different organizations. You know, now we're going to find out if he's a good coach or if he's just a good coordinator. And listen, there's nothing wrong with being a good coordinator. There are really good uh, – Wade Phillips is a good defensive coordinator. You know, um who, who was the coach of the Giants, the defensive coach uh, that won the Super Bowls against the Patriots? I can't think of his name. Um, Coughlin. No, no, no. The coordinator. Oh, um, Spagnuolo. Spagnuolo. He's a good coordinator. He's not a good yes. head coach. That's just, you know, uh, Romeo Cornell. He's a good coordinator. He's not a good coach. Matt Patricia. Uh, Patri- well, Patricia is turning out to be a, he's looking like a good coach. No, no, not Patricia. I'm thinking of very Vabral. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike Vrabel. Um, yeah, that's what I'm picking up. Um, the the coordinator that you guys have had forever, Josh McDaniels. He's a good coordinator. He's not a good offensive, co- a good head coach. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We just got to find out what this guy is. I I think here's here's my take on on coaching too. And the Eagles, I think, have gone. 
you know, now they got it right a couple of years ago. They they got the Super Bowl they wanted from Doug Peterson, but for the most part, it seems like their hires have been guys that are brand new head coaches. And I think that from what I've noticed in the NFL over the last however many years, guys getting their second job generally panning out better. You know, Belichick's on his second job as a head coach. You know, he's won six Super Bowls. Dungy won two, you know, as a second time going through. Gruden won on the second time through. Coughlin won two as a second time through. There's there's numerous coaches. Uh, um, who's the guy? Uh, Gary Kubiak won as a second time through. There, there's there's a bunch of different coaches that have, su- have, have had <clears throat> more success with their second job than they did with their first job. And they got to try to find that guy. They got to try to find that guy who is going to, ha- you know, that second job, he's going to hit the ground running. He's going to have all the mistakes that he made after his first job. And, you know, he's going to come here and he's going to have a successful 10 year tenure, maybe win multiple Super Bowls. Because there are plenty of guys out there that have done that in recent memory. You know, I think that's kind of what you need to look for if you're going to be searching for another coach in two or three years. Right. But with the way the, way the Philadelphia fan base is, they're going to want a Super Bowl now. That's like if you hire a second, you know, a set a guy who's who's proven and has been successful but doesn't have that Super Bowl, they're gonna want that Super Bowl that season. They're gonna want it next season, and then by the third season, they're gonna be like, all right, we want a new coach. That's just how the fan base is, unfortunately. But like, like I said, look at the history. The fa- if you can, if you can explain that, I mean, you guys are part of the fan base. I just explained it to you. If you can explain that this is, you know, that this is really a trend in the NFL. That guys who get their second job generally do pretty well in the second job, and that's generally when they win. I mean, Christ, Andy Reid won. He, he went to how many Super Bowls with the Eagles? He went to one. He was own one. In the second job, he's been to two already, and he's won one. You know, in the second job, it, it generally seems like it always works out better for these guys. You know, these really good coaches. It seems like they have a, good, a successful tenure in place. They end up leaving, and then you know they get hired with that second job, and they make the most of it, and that's where they end up winning their their rings. And, you know, they haven't had a guy who's been in the second tenure. I can't tell you how long. You know, you got to find that next guy. And he's going to be out there eventually. Bruce Arians was another one. Bruce Arians, what was it, his third job? You know, yep. now he just won one. Yeah. And, you know, he did great with the second job. He just didn't have the quarterback. You know, he he got Carson Palmer to a uh, conference championship game. <laughs> you know, and that was his second job. So he was even more successful there. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I think that's really it for tonight. I think we got a good we had a good uh, topic. We got to talk about the fightings, the fights, and, and the uh, uh, well, one one more thing before we go. I just want to say happy uh, birthday and rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Today yes. was his birthday, so um, I missed that dude. Like yeah, I know, feel, feeling a little uh, nostalgic about the Mamba. So uh, I saw it all over the uh, all over the gram and the book and the twit. So I, uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to give the little shout out to Kobe Bryant. So, but so. you guys ready? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. You've just watched the Philly Philly podcast presented by CEVSports.com, streaming live on Twitch and StreamYard.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other popular platforms. If you enjoyed the show, please leave comments on our, your favorite listening platform or email us at info.cevsports at gmail.com. 
CEVsports.com, the CEV Sports Podcast Network, and the Philly Philly Podcast are proudly sponsored by the Monkey's Uncle and La Terrain Watches. Uh, check them out at themonkeysuncle.net and laterrain.com. For Chris and Pat, I'm Eric Perigini, and thank you guys. Have a good night.